0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Kate Hamilton Health Podcast. So in today's episode, I chat with Kelly Hunt. Kelly is a life coach and she has her own business online called Kelly's Coaching with a K. Um, She coaches people through their life problems through her Becoming program. So it's called the Becoming program. She is an Irish life coach as well, which is extra interesting. To me, uh, because I didn't know a whole lot about life coaching, and um, I always kind of think of it's some something that we need to kind of look for uh, in other countries. So it's great to hear um, from an Irish life coach as well. So really enjoyed this conversation. We talked about everything from self development and to society's impact impact on why we never actually self reflect and really get to know ourselves. Um, and then that kind of led into a conversation about parenting and the education system and uh, where we might be going wrong there. And, you know, the pressure then that we put on ourselves as parents, that kind of stuff. Um, and then we talk a lot about journaling and how much that can make a difference in the self-reflection to um, make kind of progress on your self-development and then we talk about goal setting and how that ties into everything as well so it was really really enjoyable conversation I learned so much and um, I I always love chatting about this kind of stuff so I hope you enjoy and if you're interested in getting a little bit of life coaching check out Kelly you'll find her on any of the socials I will share her details in the show notes anyway so anyway enjoy the episode. Kelly, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today. That's oh, no problem, but I'm very excited to be here. It's kind of cool, isn't it, that um we're talking to each other like across the world. So I'm <laughs> in um, Ireland and you're in Australia. So like it's mm. 10 a.m. where I am. What time is it where you are? It's 7 p.m. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: where about, whereabouts in Australia are you? Um I'm in this little city called Armadale. It's kind of a more regional area because I'm doing my farm work at the minute so yeah it's I say most people have never heard of Armadale because I never heard of it before I came here but yeah that's where I am so you're out in the outback really is it thankfully it's not quite outback like it is like a proper little town (laughs) but um like you have a bit of a drive to get I'm about I think I'm like six hours away from Sydney and I don't know four or five hours away from Brisbane and so like in between I could have got those arrows completely wrong but sure look um yeah so that's where I am it's a nice little town um like they do decent stuff uh here and i so I don't feel like I'm too much in the back end of nowhere
0: but yeah nobody's heard of it and so is this whole farm work thing like part of is that like part of the process if you want to get citizenship is it or if you want to get visa like I don't I have a clue about any of this
1: yeah, it's um for I'm on a work and holiday visa, and um that's what it's for. So you have to complete a certain amount of farm work in each year of your visas. So mine is 13 weeks. That's what I'm doing now at the minute.
0: Yeah, I said it's hard work, is it? It depends on what you're doing. I'm working on a
1: solar farm at the minute because I didn't. I really didn't want to do like fruit or vegetable picking because to me that means more spiders and snakes. So uh, I was like, solar panels, electrical equipment, steel work, no bother. Um, so yeah, it's grand. But the only thing is, it's fucking cold here. Like it's winter here in Australia. And the, the nobody told me Australia gets cold before I came here. And I feel like I was completely missold. <laughs> um, but like the city that I'm in, it's like a thousand meters above sea level. Like we're up in the mountains. And most mornings, it's like minus four degrees. And I'm working outside so like oh, wow. feel, yeah and I've been told that like it can get as bad as minus 10 and then meanwhile my social media is full of lovely sunny Ireland and I'm Yeah. it's madness and then like my friends and family are like what's the weather like there it's been so nice and I'm like uh well it was I got as low well as minus three today highs of like 11 and they're like what I'm like, yeah, like you might as well be at home. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I didn't know Australia
0: got that cold.
1: Neither did I. Kate. <laughs> um, no, uh, nobody thought to mention that to me. Like I'm literally there. I didn't bring any winter clothes. I like my suitcase is full of shorts and skirts and everything i had to go out and buy winter clothes and hats and scarves and feckin' thermals um but yeah so that's my life at the minute my uh living my best life here in australia absolutely freezing you can probably see actually i've got the fire
0: on in the background oh yeah lovely yeah. <laughs> lovely cozy like, yeah, it's yeah. Nice. looking like it could be nice and sunny today here um so mm-hmm. when did you move to australia um, I got I left Ireland in December, and I got to Australia in
1: January because I did a few weeks in Asia first. But um, yeah, so I've been I got here New Year's Eve, landed in Sydney for all the big fireworks in Sydney. That was great. Um, but yeah, I've been living in Armidale now for eleven weeks, I think. So yeah, I'm here in Australia about six months, and I'm coming home now in December. For you're coming home for
0: good, or are you just are you just there for the year? Is it? <laughs> Oh, uh, the uh,
1: the the ultimate question really <laughs> is um I'm kinda like open minded. I'd say that the people now listen to this at home going, What, she's thinking of a second year? Um I don't know. Like right now I'm coming home in December and that's kind of my goal. I've got jobs and everything to go back to in December. So I will be home, but I ha- haven't completely ruled out the idea of a second year.
0: Yeah, yeah. Amazing. It's and it's so exciting to be in a position to be able to do that. Like, you know, obviously myself, like I'm three kids, mortgage, you know, like I'm like as much as, as exciting and all as it is is in, in making the career changes I've made, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I can just, you know, take um, take up and head off to Australia or somewhere and kind of yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about you. So I'll, I've I've explained a little bit in the in the intro about you, but if you kind of gave us a bit of your background, um, what you were doing before, what you're doing now, and then what's kind of led you to what you're doing now, and then maybe tell us a bit about your business as well and um, what it is that you do. Okay, great. Um, yeah, so obviously, my name is Kelly. I'm from Dublin,
1: but living here now in Australia. Um, the, my whole adult life, I was working in childcare uh, the past 10 years, kind of like preschool age, management roles, that kind of thing. Um, but I suppose my story about how I got into life coaching is extremely cliche. <laughs> um, so basically, I went through a pretty bad breakup a few years ago. And it was around the same time as like the pandemic and COVID lockdown and everything. And just when when I came out of the relationship, I kind of realized that I had lost myself. I didn't know who I was as an individual. I didn't know what my goals and ambitions were outside of that relationship. I just was completely lost. So I had a lot of time to think and reflect because you weren't allowed to see anybody. <laughs> and uh, everything was closed. So... I kind of made the decision that I didn't want to be like this. I was like, I, I want to be better. Like, I want to be happy. So I started looking a lot into self-development and kind of ways that I can get myself more confident and have new goals that are my own and like pursue my own passions, that kind of thing. And so I started reading loads of books. I started listening to self-development podcasts. I started following kind of people who kind of, worked in that area or were passionate about that kind of thing. And I just became obsessed and <laughs> um, just everything that I was learning, everything that I read, everything I heard, I was like, this makes so much sense. This is amazing. And I just, it's everything that I was listening to or reading. I just absorbed everything. And then I got to a point that I was like, I have to share this with everyone. Like all this information and all this work that I'm doing on myself, it's making me feel amazing. I want other people to feel amazing. I have to tell everybody. So anybody who would listen to me, then I was like, so yesterday I read a book and I learned da 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 da, and it just kind of stemmed from there. And then like some of the advice I was giving guidance or even just sharing what I had learned, and people were telling me that it was making a really positive impact on their life and like change your life for the better that kind of thing there's that information and I loved that and people were telling me that I should be a psychologist or a counselor or something I was like oh I don't know (laughs) but um that was kind of how it started and then one day I was listening to a podcast and one of my self-development podcasts (laughs) and uh, the girl on it was interviewing a life coach and it was the first time that I've I'd ever heard that term I never heard of it before then. I didn't know what it was. And then when she explained what it was, I was like, this is a, a career. Like this, people make a living doing this. I was like, I could do that. I was like, I want to do that. Um, and I just, I was really inspired. And I loved the idea that I could help people who were on a, who are on a similar journey to what I was and what I am. Um, so yeah, I looked into it some more. I did some research to see how I could become one. And, I did my training, I got certified and I launched my business called Kelly's Coaching and then I developed my program called the Becoming Programme which is kind of based around, like, there's a lot of talk about becoming, I feel like I'm... Really, uh, prattling on here.
0: Sorry, <laughs> no, no, keep going. This is, this is brilliant. And I've looked, yeah. I'm just making notes here of things I want to come back on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> keep, keep going. Yeah. So fascinating.
1: Um, so yeah, I developed my program called the Becoming Program, which, like, everyone is kind of obsessed with the idea nowadays of becoming the best version of yourself, in quotation marks. But I don't really believe that you ever reach a point where you say, okay, this is it now, I am the best version of myself, there is no room for improvement here, like I don't really think that exists, instead I think you are all, you are always becoming the best version of yourself, so, because there's always more to learn, we're all human, we all make mistakes, so I think that the journey of self-care and self-development and becoming the best version of yourself is a continuous journey. And that we should always be on it and we should always have more to learn. And yes, that's kind of where that programme stemmed from. And yeah, I suppose I'm just very lucky that I can share what I've learned and help people who say we're in the same place that I was, or like I, I still say that I'm on, on this journey. Like it's not that I've finished that journey, it's behind me, I'm still on that journey. And the idea that I can help people with that, like,
0: is amazing for me and I'm really grateful for it. Yeah, it's it's such a fascinating journey, and it's interesting because your journey sounds really similar to mine as well. So, like, I went from teaching to, um, into obviously personal training and health coaching. Mm-hmm. But, um, like that during lockdown, it, it was literally the first time I had time to stop yeah. and like actually think. I think and everybody had like their
1: own epiphanies in lockdown.
0: <laughs> yeah, a lot of people did. Then other people kind of fell into the pits of despair. Obviously, so yeah. you know, I was yeah. lucky, I was lucky that I was kind of. I um, took that time to reflect and actually take action. But like that, I started before lockdown, really getting into self-development and reading books and started listening to podcasts as well. So very similar to you. And at the same, I was like, how have I never not known any of this information?
1: Yeah, Like
0: how have I, like I'd never even heard the term growth mindset for years. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I genuinely growing up and well into my 20s, i believed that you were either good at something or you were not that you are either were something or you weren't yeah so like you know i was like oh i'm not, I'm not sporty or i'm not that confident or you know and and like and i had like and i would have looked at other people and be like oh yeah no that's because they're good at it you know and yeah. i would kind of thought as, as like everyone just has gifts and that's it and i like i know people do have strengths but I genuinely didn't think didn't or didn't have the confidence to think that if you actually just practice something you mm-hmm. can you can achieve it and this whole growth mindset like it, it really did change my life and I'm so glad it did while my kids are still young enough that I can make a difference in their lives with it as well because yeah. um, it's and, and like I just think with society I spent so many years just being dragged along by my own life without ever really thinking about what I wanted
1: yeah and I think that's it's really like society kind of makes people that way and um, it's like you're just put into this little box and because sure even before you leave school it's what you want to do with the rest of your life and it's like you have to put your hand up if you need to go to the toilet but then you're expected to know what is going to like instill passion and motivation for you for like the next 60 70 years like people don't fit into that kind of box and like you said A lot of people have just a fixed mindset of what you can and can't do in life or what you should or shouldn't do in life and everybody just needs to do this this and this and that's it that's your life but there's so much more out there there's so much more possibilities and like you said now that you have all that knowledge you can kind of instill those principles in your children now and then they they get to start off on a better foot than you and I did because they have that then
0: and I think you're so right. It, it's society and it's the education system. And this is another reason why I want to move away from teaching. Like I, I never hated working with kids. Like I always loved being in the classroom with them and try you know, I loved doing like SPHE, which is social, personal and health education. Yeah. Like oh, you sort of do little meditations with them, or little visualizations, or you know, working on their self-esteem, and do like art, all that kind of stuff. But when it came to the academic stuff, and what, especially like I spent a good few years kind of up teaching fifth and sixth class. Um, anyone listening who's not from Ireland, that's kind of end of primary school. So we're talking kind of eleven and twelve, and. I find that just the, the academic pressure that starts at that stage where it's like you're trying to prepare them for secondary school. So I don't think there's as much wrong with the primary school system as yeah. much, and I think primary school teachers are fantastic, as um looking after kids that struggle academically as well. But I think the system and uh, that they're they are then thrown into the secondary school system and like that you need to be academic, and if you're not, then you're stupid, and then you yeah. know what are you? To do with your life and it, it chips away a kid's self-esteem now I wasn't a kid who struggled particularly in school so the opposite happened to me what happened to me is I kept working really hard because I was a people pleaser and it was yeah. like I want I want to you know my parents wanted were like you're going to college you know I don't care what you do pick a degree you're getting one and I was like okay yeah <laughs> but I just you know went with it and um they wouldn't care what I'd done and I was like my mom was a teacher I was like oh, I'll be a teacher that looks easy enough yeah and so, and I worked really hard to get the points and I went straight into college and I worked really hard and I found it hard because obviously it wasn't really what I was supposed to be doing it's not, it what didn't really align with my personality yeah. so I found understanding a lot of the concepts of college quite hard still got through it became a teacher the first few years teaching I found it really hard to adjust to the multitasking to everything and um but it's but I, because I was able to kind of push myself through the system and then in my early 20s I ended up with like serious chronic anxiety and panic disorder because Mm -hmm. and I didn't know why because I was just constantly like pushing myself in a system in a direction I wasn't supposed to go in because we're not not taught how to really self-reflect and think about what we should do and then the opposite then like with my son my son is um, in first year and he's he wouldn't be as academic he finds it really hard and and I worry as he goes forward I'm like I I will not allow this education system to chip to chip away at his self-confidence and but I just think that that's that's where where we're going wrong really yeah
1: I agree like there's there's just so much pressure and then like aside from the academic you have all the issues that are going on with puberty and their friendship circles and then like the stuff going on with their family and then you have junior cert leaving cert submit this cao and it's just it's a lot a lot of pressure and then they're not taught how to manage all that like like you said you're practicing meditation and stuff like that with the younger kids but i feel like your children aren't taught how to be resilient anymore or how to and like you're not taught how to be reflective or to be mindful and to kind of prioritize your own wellness and like you said that's not the teacher's fault because the teachers are just being handed this curriculum and told to implement it and it's very hard to go go astray from that and teachers only doing their best but it's the system itself it's not kind of allowing room for that it's it's really sad
0: yeah yeah And Mm. and the thing is i don't think it'll ever really change like it's gotten better in certain areas and like like teachers and schools are fantastic at supporting kids yeah, in the, the moment, moment and but I just I don't think it's solving the long-term life problems yeah. you know of, of of kind of creating young people that are able to to really um do what they're meant to do and be genuinely happy and then like that's reflected in like the mental health cri- crisis that we have today yeah. um mm-hmm. as well um so I don't know what way it's gonna go but hopefully um Things will get will start to get a little bit better, and I don't know. I'm kind of I won't hold my breath.
1: <laughs> I know. Well, I suppose as well that people are becoming a lot more aware of these things, and maybe like the gaps in academics, and like like yourself, parents like you will hopefully be able to fill in the gaps then for their
0: kids where they can, and you have to hope that that's going to be enough. It's <laughs> yeah. funny. Like it's just I just will stay on the topic of parenting for a minute as well because. Mm. Um, like I've noticed as well like I I started teaching in 2007 and I finished up there last year and the like the kids the kids are different nowadays I find you know that the kids that I was teaching in 2007 are so different to the kid the kids that we're teaching nowadays and I look at a lot of kids and I think that they're not able to resolve like like problem like resolving conflict yeah is a huge is a huge issue with young people now that they don't know how to solve their own problems. and so as, apart from like the difficulties that they chat they' they face with like the education system and social media, we won't even go down social media yeah. today <laughs> <'cause I can. laughs> but um, but I think then on the other side of it, that we're over parenting them a little bit too. Yeah. But then like, because we're so terrified of everything that's damaging them, yeah. that we're over-parenting them and we're not letting them solve their own problems, which is causing a whole, and I think in a way for myself as a young person, and I don't like to blame the parents and hopefully my parents don't listen to this. <laughs> they'd, hate to, they'd hate to listen to me on a podcast, I'd say. But um, I think like my dad would have been quite strict on me and, yeah. you know, like both of them would, you know, so I would have been kind of kept on quite a tight leash and, um, like that I would have always wanted to please them but they would have protected me from a lot so I would have been quite sheltered like I would have always been pushing boundaries like you know I definitely had my, my both <laughs> years through the teens and stuff but um, like I think because I I always felt very loved and protected which is important yes but I also think that it all also kind of give gave me this sense of entitlement if that makes sense yeah. in in a in a kind way I don't mean that in a bratty way no but like nearly naive to the, yeah I was naive the, and I kind of had this self-entitlement and kind of very much this view of the world of myself as, as at the center of it and yeah. I had to learn a lot of life skills. yeah and like I, I had to learn a lot of life skills along the way. Now, maybe most people are like that in their late teens, early twenties, and it takes as to get older to really learn those things about yourself. But I do wonder. Sorry, back to my actual question. I know mean, my questions are so long winded. Um, is is like, do you know anything about this kind of new style of parenting where we're trying to protect them from everything? We don't want them to lose. We don't, you know, the way like now there's a like, football match. There's like yeah. there's no losers. And there's no winners. And like you know that we're not letting people and people are people don't like to be uncomfortable anymore yeah whereas like, you have to get uncomfortable to grow and we're like we're, I think there's there's some sort of balance and there's some people one end some people the other and we need to find a way to kind of get to that um healthy middle yeah to mesh together.
1: but like and sure I think isn't the term cotton wool kids or something like that's what people are saying are being raised now or children who are just completely wrapped in cotton wool and are going out into the big bad world completely unprepared now like I actually I've no children myself obviously but like I did see it a lot um because I've worked with hundreds of families over the years from looking after hundreds of children but like you'd have children come in and I suppose maybe because I we seen a lot of like, like when we grew up when we were younger it was it was a very different world parenting was very different and we weren't exposed to the same things that children are exposed to at home but we all like well I always try to help the children in like real life skills so whereas everyone's like just for the example of sharing it's like oh my god you have to share your toys sharing is very important sharing is caring whereas I was kind of more of the mindset of yeah sharing is caring but you can give that to your friend when you're finished with it so when you're finished your friend gets to have a turn because turn taking is really important like it shouldn't just be that like little Jimmy is playing over here with his new car and because sharing is important he has to hand it over to his friend before he's ready and then that child's probably sitting there going well why is his why is their needs more important than mine like I want the car and I want to play and like like you said the car needs to be a balance and yeah. You'd be having these conversations with parents because they'd be coming in like, "Oh, he's doing this, that, and the other at home. I don't know what's right." Like, it's timeout still a thing. Is a naughty step still a thing? Do I just ignore it? Like, what do I do? And and that's the thing as well. A lot of parents are they're a bit confused about what is the right thing to do because there's so many different opinions out there, so many different strategies, and they're like, "What do you do in this situation? Like, what's the the done thing now? What's the political politically correct thing now?" And parents are just trying to do, do their best for their kids and they just I want know, them I, to be happy and healthy
0: you <laughs> know and I hate that I hate that what that's the done thing now like you know and it changes all the time like I have three kids so my oldest is 13 then I have a 10 year old and I have a five year old and even you know like those early stages when they're babies like you know and the public health nurse comes and she tells you what you're how you're supposed to make the bottles how you're supposed to do this the, and I if I could tell you every single child the whole thing of what you're supposed to do. Changed completely. Yeah, like I'm 13 year old, and then it was all completely different for my 10 year old, and I was like, "What the fuck? Like, how was how was yeah. it all? Sh-? Like, how to make the bottles and you know everything? And suddenly to give them vitamin D drops, so I was like, I don't know how any of us survived without vitamin D drops. <laughs> um, I don't know if any of us survived. Full stop. but All the things <laughs> are amazing. <laughs> and then when my five year old was a baby, a lot of the stuff was back to the way it was when my 13 year old was a baby, and I'm like, "What the fuck? And then my sister has a baby, and she's so stressed out trying to like. Do things right and keep. And I'm like seriously, like just drop it. Yeah. You know, go with your instincts. Ask advice from people whose opinions that you actually respect. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because everyone is going to have an opinion. And I know, like when I was pregnant and when I had my, my kids were babies, everyone would offer you an opinion without you even asking. And it used to be quite overwhelming, particularly on my first child. And I know a lot of parents feel really stressed. And I, I think what I say to parents as well is. If you care enough that you're questioning whether you're a good parent, that's enough. Yes,
1: you're a good parent.
0: Yeah, but you're a good parent if you, if you care in the first place, because um, and I know a lot of parents listening to this be kind of my age um, and upwards. Like so th- their kids would maybe wouldn't be at, um, babies anymore. But they're at the stage where I'm at where it's like they're trying to build a career. They're trying to, you know, keep a household together and raise their kids. And they have this mom guilt of not being there enough and you know and i think sometimes women can really shame each other so it's really important to keep your circle tight and take Mm -hmm. advice from people like i would always say don't take advice from someone that you wouldn't be willing to swap lives with yeah exactly yeah or don't take
1: advice from somebody who doesn't have what you want because yes yeah it was it's like you said it's um that like mom guilt and shaming of parents, it's it's always a case of you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. Like if you're a stay at home mom, there's lots of people who have something to say. If you're a working mom, there's lots of people who have something to say. Um, if you send your kids to childcare, people have something to say. If you keep them at home, people have something to say. Like you just have to kind of reflect on, right, what are your values? What are important to you? What do you want for your children? And then go with that. Because yeah. if you take in everybody's opinions, like no wonder people's brains are scrambled.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's um, I just and I just don't understand as women why why women do that to each other as well. And I know not all women do. And um, but like we should be lifting each other up and not like what's right for one person is not going to be right for the other. um, And I think sometimes women that shame women that stay at home are jealous in a way that they don't get to stay at home. Yeah. even if they don't really want to but you know most of us are not in a position to stay at home you know uh, in order to have a mortgage like people both both parents need to work yeah or in order to pay rent both parents need to work yeah. really you know you, to, you're, you, you're know, the you want them
1: to, them to have
0: yeah yeah and most households where the mother has chosen to take a few years out and stay at home are probably you know have made a lot of sacrifices for like financially to be able to do that um so like i think everyone's on a struggle everyone's trying to just make it and it really should just be a case of what's right for you what's right for your family what are your values and i think the problem is a lot of us don't actually stop and reflect on our values no. because we're so busy trying to keep up with what's right and what we th- what we think we should be doing to be a good parent or to to be no a good human being in general. Um, so I kind of think just, I, I was going to ask you other things, but because we're kind of on the self-reflection, mm-hmm. will we talk a little bit about journaling? Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, but I suppose, well, like going back to what you said there a second ago,
1: and the people not really having time to go back on their values, I really think that people just, they just don't know themselves. And it's because we don't have time to get to know ourselves. But journaling is actually a brilliant way to do that. Like, it's something like I think people get very cringy when you talk about journaling and um, they're like, oh, I don't know. They're, they're kind of thinking of on a uh, Dear Diary kind of thing that like every evening you're sitting down with your journal and you're writing Dear Diary, this happened today and I feel this way. But it's, it's not the case of that. And it's more like it's like a tool of self-care and self-reflection and giving that time to yourself to allow yourself to process your emotions or what thoughts you have going on in your head. And I'm sure you can probably say, like as a busy mom, like you're going through the whole day and you're running your own business and you've just a million things on the go in your head all the time. Like I have to sort this out for for him, sort this out for her, but then I have to make this call for this client and do this, that and the other. And it's just a, it's a what do they call it? Monkey brain or something like that. It's just constantly on the go, on the go, on
0: but the it's go. the brain, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: But like if you take a few minutes and it doesn't have to be long like I would always recommend that if people want to start the habit of journaling even just do five minutes a day and if you can't even do five minutes do one minute and just write down like one sentence to kind of like try sum up your thoughts for the day or so sum, sum up your day I think of journaling as nearly like it's nearly like a form of therapy because you can just sit there and just kind of like dump out what's in your head and when it stays in your head it's it's like when you go to therapy, a lot of the time you're just talking and the therapist is listening. And when you're talking, and sorry, that thing keeps beeping, but I think the battery's going oh. to be alert. <laughs> so, yeah, um, like when you're talking, you're actually teasing things out in your like, as you're speaking and different dilemmas or thoughts that you're having. You're teasing all out and you're going from point A to point B or round in circles. And it's the same thing if you're writing a journal you kind of have that same process but it's private to you and you can sit down and you can read over and you can reflect upon it it might spark a new idea you might kind of see a pattern in thoughts and it's just I think it's a great way just to kind of get to know yourself and see what's important to you then and it doesn't have to be like I'll hold my hand up and say I don't journal every day because I I feel like I it's something that I like to sit down and give a proper name say to 15, and 20 minutes too, and like write down some constructive but I do have like my planner that I do write in every day and just I very quickly have like a little check out myself like how am I feeling today what's on my mind can throw together like a little to-do list to kind of just organize the things I have to do in my head and just something as simple as that it got like I think will just go a long way and for your busy moms they're probably sitting there and saying Jason, nearly I don't have enough time to sit down with my child and finish his homework let alone sit down and do my own journaling but I think if you kind of try to squeeze these things into the small spaces in your day like say if it means setting your alarm five ten minutes earlier and just having a quick scribble down in a little notebook just even a plan for your day like I think it really makes a lot of difference in your mental well-being and organising your head.
0: Yeah. Okay, there's so much that I, yeah, I wanted to talk about here. But first of all, like yes, a lot of my listeners are busy mums, but what I would say in relation to journaling, like you said, it takes it need only take a couple of minutes. Yeah. First of all, like it doesn't have to be twenty minutes if you don't have twenty minutes. But if everybody listening to this goes onto their phone and looks on their screen time. Yes. How yes are you through, <laughs> scrolling through social media and i'm not telling anyone to stop scrolling through social media i'm saying right before you sit down to scroll could you journal yeah for five minutes yeah. and then get into it like just keep it somewhere handy so when you do sit down on the sofa at night that you sit down and do it then or do a first thing in the morning or just as you're getting into bed wherever it suits you and um, best and another thing about journaling that i've noticed as well is like like that. I don't like the pressure of doing it every day because if it, if I have to do it every day, it's a chore. It becomes something I have to do, and I kind of resent it, and it kind of takes the magic out of it. The other thing is, I got um the head plan um yes, gratitude journal, yeah. So, uh, which is it's a beautiful journal, and like their their products are lovely. I also have their finance journal, and the finance one I found fantastic for just you know, having good money mindset and you know kind of budgeting yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And so that's been absolutely fantastic. I was doing the gratitude journaling, but what I found after a while with the gratitude journaling, um, is I kind of just. I kind of got sick of it I got a little bit kind of resentful for it. I remember like like in the mornings it takes me a while to kind of come around I don't I'm not particularly a morning person so I'm not particularly positive in the morning but in this gratitude journey you have to say three things that you're grateful for first thing in the morning put put uh, right in your little mantra and then you do it again in the evening basically yeah, yeah. and I would sit there at like half six in the morning and genuinely I'd be like I can't think of anything I'm grateful for right now yeah I, I have that some days I know, I just, I'd literally like, um, and I'd literally be like oh I suppose I can, I'm grateful that I've woke up and I'm alive yeah you know, kind <laughs> <of>. <laughs> but <laughs> I literally I'm my head, so just staring at your ceiling <laughs> the only time I had to do it was first thing in the morning and last thing and because I had to do it first thing in the morning because there was two parts to it I was forcing it and I was like, this is yeah. fake. No, not not the journal, like me, what I'm putting down is fake. I'm like, I don't feel grateful. About right now. Yeah. So it, that kind of defeated the purpose. So I kind of stopped doing that. Now I write in it sometimes Yeah, when I'm feeling yeah. grateful or, you know, if, or sometimes like what what I've done now, if I just got a blank journal and I have it in my bedside locker and I'll write, I, I find nighttime, I'm better for journaling. Yes. Yeah, um, but sometimes, so instead of putting pressure on myself in like, I have to journal gratitude, I just see how I feel each day and I use it as like as you just said they're a brain dumps so sometimes and I'll usually do it when I'm feeling really negative. Uh, so I've actually started journaling all my negative thoughts. Yeah. But it that's a thing. Like, it, takes it, out, <laughs> it takes it out of my brain. Mm-hmm. Cuz I think sometimes like and I like I'm quite a positive person like I really you know, believe that we have a, cho- we can choose to be happy. We can yeah. choose to be positive. We can choose to see the best in every moment. And I do believe that, but I think sometimes there is that toxic positivity out there that some people, sometimes people are just not feeling it. Yeah. And why should you, Why you're not going to journal if you feel like, Oh, I have to journal about sunshine and rainbows. And I don't fucking feel like it because life is really hard at the minute. So instead, yeah get it out of your brain and it leaves space then for you to be able to focus on what's positive yeah 100% and like
1: negative journaling like it actually is a thing because I think people when they talk when they talk about journaling it's all like oh it's positivity this and positivity that but like you said that's not realistic and like we are human and sometimes you just feel a bit crap or you just had a crap day and everything went wrong and you just need a second to stew in it like I always say like I think the whole thing of toxic positivity it's re- I think it's really sad and I feel like it's ruining positivity because yeah and like a lot of people are like I guess it's like if you try to be positive they're like oh it's toxic positivity like there needs to be like the line, like if you're sad you have to be sad if you're angry you have to be angry and the difference in the difference between toxic positivity and positivity, is toxic positivity if you just dump it down, you say, Well, I have to be positive because everybody says that I have to be, so forget about these struggles that I'm having, I'm just gonna lock them away. And then you just bottled everything up and you end up, I don't know, depressed or having an explosion down the line because you just crammed it all inside. Whereas if you're going for more of a growth mindset and a positive mindset, you know that in order to get to the positive side, You have to process this emotion. And if that means you have to cry, you have to cry. If it means you have to scream, you have to scream. But you have to process that emotion, acknowledge that you're feeling it, get through it, and then say, okay, I've had my moment. I've been sad. I've been angry. I've let it all out. And now it's time to kind of move on to the next thing or to move into more positive mindset and remind myself that, yes, sometimes bad things happen, but that doesn't mean it's a bad week or a bad life. And it's really sad that some people are twisting the positive outlook and trying to force it onto people and then they're turning it into something that people are now resenting so I think people like us are gonna have to just keep pushing that message out and be like no 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 go away with your toxic positivity this is what you have to do
0: yeah oh 100% and it's interesting just kind of what you touched on there a bit with about emotions and stuff that it's like When we talk about positivity and being a positive person doesn't mean being happy all the time. It is. I think it's very much. um, And I think a lot of what the problems in society stem from is that people don't want to sit with their emotions anymore. They don't want to sit with their feelings. So if you are going through grief or you're going through sadness or you're, you know, you're going through despair or you're going through anything that, you know, stress, anxiety, anything that's really difficult in life in order to heal you you have to sit with it and people don't want to feel it nowadays and this is where it comes down to alcohol drugs food overworking over exercising like people are looking for coping mechanisms to deal with this pain Mm -hmm. um and a quick fix and they think it's gonna stop everything but it doesn't yeah because they think that they shouldn't feel that way it's like being human sometimes is going to hurt and we need to not be afraid of the pain we need to we need to lean into it we need like it's going to you're going to out the other side stronger than you've ever been before but
1: people are worried that if they show emotion then they're not strong and like they're not brave or, or that kind of thing well they're forgetting that people who are brave or people who are strong it doesn't mean that they don't have bad days or that they don't go through stuff it all it means is that they don't let it overcome them and they know that they have to go through it and they have to process it and like you said they know they're going to come out on the other side of it as maybe a stronger person but a lot of people too many people see having emotions or showing emotions as being weak and it's not the same thing
0: yeah no, it's under- unfortunately it's well, uh, it's so important to start leaning into it, but I think that and like and you know, there's some people listening that you know like oh god I really do bottle everything up I really should you know I think everyone can start leaning into into their their feelings I think you know obviously it depends on what someone's going through and if someone is going through something really heavy leaning into the pain you might need to do that with a professional and that's exactly where therapy comes in Mm -hmm. and like I would have done therapy years ago and now that I think back and I reflect it was like she was just helping me lean into my fears Mm -hmm. lean into my pain to be able to work through it, and that like it changed me as a person. So, uh, no matter what people's struggles are, it does it does kind of go down to start journaling. It's journaling's a really great place to start to yeah. lean into your feelings, mm-hmm. and then cry if you need to cry. Oh, I'm such a crier. Like I'll cry <laughs> if I'm angry. I'll cry if I'm stressed. I'll cry. <laughs> if I'm I, I actually don't cry that much when I'm happy. Yeah, but, I, but like any of those negative emotions come out as tears for me. Like yeah, it's so funny. I'm the same. Like we having like.
1: I don't know, say a tiff with the other half about vacuuming dirty dishes or something, and I'm like, I'm not crying because I'm sad. I'm crying because I'm frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> don't get it confused. <laughs> um, yeah, but it is just one of those things. And like you said, um, with therapy, because um, I've been to therapy as well. I actually think everybody should go to therapy. I love therapy. Yeah. But um, like I'd come out of it and say it's like a 15 minute session, and I'd be talking to my friend They'd be like, oh yeah, so like how did you get on? And like blah blah, and I'd be like oh what did they say? And I'm like. Mm, they probably like spoke two sentences the whole time. Like it's also just me talking. <laughs> and I was thinking endlessly, but I actually loved that. Um, I loved just sitting there. Cause like I said, if you're just allowed to sit there and that safe space of just talking, like you actually just solve so much, even for yourself. And it's the other thing. We don't realize that we actually have the tools to do these things ourselves. Like, yes, yeah, um, there are people who need therapy and therapists are brilliant. And sometimes they just ask you this little question and it just peaks a little light bulb in your head and suddenly your thoughts go this way and they help you kind yeah. of get to that point yourself um but a lot of it is just speaking your problems out loud and just kind of processing it all that way and it's yeah I could sit here and talk about therapy for ages I love therapy <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: and it is it's just having someone there to give you another perspective I remember some of the things that I was talking about and be, being like you know just having this really fixed mindset and stuff and then her just opening up this whole other she's like but what she would say something so simple like but what if and then say something and I've got mind blown yeah um, <laughs> i suppose it, it's definitely something but it's something you can do for yourself as well for, like through journaling through self reflection and it's funny like when i do a lot less journaling lately because i'm uh, because i'm doing the podcast and yes. what i so when i do like the solo episodes right i've i've literally i've typed it up kind of as a newsletter and it goes out as a newsletter in my emails but that to me that's journaling i'm literally reflecting on my thoughts and putting it out there for anyone <laughs> to read and, um, and, that, and then, then i talk about it yeah. and then as i expand more of the podcast i'm like i open up all these ideas for myself um, and now interviewing people and talking to people like and talking like and exploring these different ideas in different areas of health with people from different different areas of health is just Absolutely, like mind blowing for me. Like the it's, it's the stuff I'm learning and the pathways it's opening in my brain is just yeah. yeah, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, it really is one of those brilliant things. I think podcasts are great for that, and like for for your listeners now. And if they're like me, they're probably listening to, to ten or twelve different podcasts, and it's just like sometimes like a brain overload. I'm like, okay, I need to take a break for a couple of days. But other times, you just you learn so much. And like I've seen people now who say that they don't actually even really read self help books anymore; they just listen to all the podcasts. I'm like, it's yeah. It's
0: really, much quicker. <laughs> it is because you can be kind of. Busy. You can spend hours a day, like so. If you when you're driving, when you're training, when you're yeah. doing housework, whatever you're doing, you can um, get stuck into a podcast, which is amazing. The yeah. okay, last thing I wanted to talk about in relation to journaling mm-hmm. was, um, like, something that I get my clients to do when they're looking to lose weight and organize their lives to have time to be able to exercise and to be able to to plan meals is exactly that like scheduling their week planning out their meals and mm-hmm. um, scheduling out all their kids activities their work commitments sp- scheduling where they're going to do their workouts all of this organization that needs to go in and then when it comes down to tracking calories as well actually planning ahead being mm-hmm. tracking your calories the night before and planning what you're going to eat the next day roughly so that you can adjust like to me that is all a form of journaling because i think for a lot of people they can't put their healthy habits in place to reach their goals because they're so busy and everything's hectic and everything's all over the place and having a schedule like you know like a planner that you can put put everything down for the week and then a daily planner what right, what am i at today and then having everything scheduled in like i know that's not a particularly exciting way to live but if you're in a position like me where you've got kids and you're trying to fit it all in it like it makes a huge difference in being able to reach your goal.
1: Yeah. And for some people it is a very exciting thing. I love like I love all these planners and all my stationery and writing out my little to-do list, like it just makes my brain happy. <laughs> and I'm like, this is great. And actually working on the farm is a nightmare because my my days right now are literally like eat, sleep, farm, repeat. So I'm trying to write different things down to my planner and it's all the same things. But um but it's like I said, it is all a form of journaling and that's why you have companies say say like the Head Plan who I love as well, and all their planners or journals and that. They also have like their to do lists and things in there because it is kind of all of that same area, I suppose, because it's all organizing the brain and decluttering the mind. And if you are say more organized in your day to day, like if you get up on a Monday morning and you don't have to plan out your meals for that day or plan out like what time you're doing this, that, and the other because you've already done it, your head has so much more space other things then so maybe that means to practice a bit of self-care or to take the kids to the playground and do different things like you're actually doing your future self a favor by doing all these things
0: yeah definitely um so just we'll quickly touch on then goal setting because i kind of said about you know reaching goals so goal setting is another area of journaling i suppose Mm -hmm. but and what are your thoughts on setting goals and kind of what are people your advice like what advice do you give your clients when it comes to goal setting
1: yeah, um, well, I do think goals are really important um, because you need to have, how can I put this? Um, you need to have something that's going to motivate you or kind of make you want to get there and to give you some idea of what direction your life is going in. And people have goals for lots of different things. Like your clients might have goals for like their health or their weight. Some people have career goals, money goals, wellness goals, that kind of thing but they all kind of come down to the same thing. And I, I suppose my biggest tip that I probably give my clients is to become obsessed with your goals. And that's something that I always practice. Now, if you have a client who's, whose goal is weight loss, it doesn't mean become obsessed with the weighing scales because that's not going to help anybody. But say it's becoming obsessed with, okay, well, what other, like what really creative recipes can I make now with these healthy foods? And really, and like then following all these different people who have all those kind of recipes, or say if your goal like me was to become a life coach, I went online, I followed like loads of different life coaches and I, my whole news feed was everything to do with life coaching and self-development and all that. And so it's like completely immersing yourself in it. And I feel like that really helps with a goal because it keeps your motivation going. It keeps your drive going. And motivation is a funny thing it's not something that you can have usually consistently like on a Monday I might be motivated to go to the gym but then on Wednesday I'm like I really can't be (laughs) arsed and it's just something that can dip and go up at different times depending on what's going on but if you have kind of immersed yourself in that goal your motivation is a lot easier to keep and then I suppose other aspects of goal setting my advice would be to be specific there's actually there's um a thing called the smart system when it comes to goal setting and let's see if i can remember this um s is for being specific so if it's rather than saying i want to lose weight maybe it's i want to feel healthier in six months time and i want or i want to do this marathon or i want to do this that and the other like be more specific with your goal because it's easier then for you to keep to it um the M then is for measurable, so like, how will you know that you have achieved that goal? A is is it achievable, so like, is this goal actually within your reach? Um, is this something you're actually going to be able to? Like, your goal could be, I I want to go to Mars someday. Well, do you think you can go to Mars? Like, how are you got, how are you going to get there? And then, let's see, or was. I'll embarrass myself now trying to remember these things I feel like I'm in school again um I'm trying to make it up now (laughs) like like, um relevant like is it relevant to your values and your principles and where you want to be and time is like a time frame so like some I think it might have been yourself I don't know if you're a big fan of time uh, setting a time limit on goals or might have been something else I don't know um but I do think it's good to have an idea of a time frame like it doesn't have to be really really specific and if you haven't achieved it by this date you might as well forget about it but just something to kind of hold yourself accountable because say there are different things that can keep us from achieving our goals and if I was to use the example of myself with life coaching like I decided that I was going to be a life coach I told everybody I was going to be a life coach and for months I didn't do anything I didn't like I had researched how I was going to be there. I knew where I wanted to do my training and I had an idea of like kind of what my plan was, but I took no action towards it. And it wasn't until one day I was actually at a book club um, with a lady who was really big into like self-development and well-being and everything. And she asked me, what would you do if you didn't have fear? And it just kind of hit me that all the times that I was saying oh yeah I'll do my life coach training when this happens or when I come back from Australia or this that or the other and it was when she said that to me I kind of sat there and I went yeah all my excuses are just that they're excuses and it's because I'm afraid of starting and like I had different reasons for being afraid and then I was, I was kind of like okay well I'm aware now that I'm postponing it because I'm afraid so how I overcome that is I have to just push through and I just have to do it and I was like right signing up for the training today and then that was it because you paid for it and you have to just go but like I think a lot of people do that with their goals and if you don't set a time frame it can become very easy to slip back into that because sometimes we like some, sometimes we have small goals or we have big goals and we might have a reason for why we can't achieve it this week or next week or And I think to have that moment to sit down and say, okay, when do I want to achieve this goal by? And if you have to extend that date, you have to extend that date life happens. But I do think it's good to kind of keep yourself accountable. And then in the lead up to it, like you can have a little check in at like the halfway point or something, say, okay, what steps have I made to get towards this goal? Because that's another big part of goal setting is actually sitting down and thinking, okay, how do i achieve that goal what steps do i have to make to make that happen and you can sit down and say at like say if you have a goal for a year's time you can sit down to six month mark and say okay i'm six months into this what steps have i taken now and then if you sit down and write down all the things that you've done to take yourself towards that goal you'll sit there and be like jesus actually i'm more than halfway there like this is great and it kind of gives yourself that sense of achievement which gives yourself some motivation to keep going and yes, yeah, so they've kind of in a
0: very long winded answer.
1: <laughs> My tips will I've
0: <laughs> I have so much to say on this now. I've been here making notes, and I'm trying <laughs> to actually make. Notes. So I have here. I've written down. Um, Tony Robbins quote, time frame reflection. Yeah. <laughs> so let me see if I can, un- I can unpack. So uh, with goal setting, right? My, okay. It's funny because I was talking to um this guy called Chris Beavers. I um, yesterday for the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. He's a PT from the UK, but we were talking a bit about putting time frames on goals. Yeah. And like, and you know, he's a big believer that like, like what you're saying that it's important to kind of be like, I want to achieve this goal by September, let's say. Mm-hmm. um, And, I asked him that question because I'm not all that convinced when it comes to health and fitness and weight loss. The yeah. Benefit of the time frame, which I'll go into in a minute, um, because I think it can be kind of counterproductive for some people. Yeah. But I get what you're saying about actually getting started, and instead of being like, "Oh, I'm going to get fit and healthier, I'm going to lose weight," um, and okay. I'll start, I'll start next one day, I'll start next one day, I'll start yeah. after the summer, yeah. I'll start, you know, and you're putting it putting off starting. So yeah. I think having a time frame to get started and then when you start mm-hmm. that you realize it, it's that it's a process orientated thing so it's like I am someone who is health conscious I am someone who goes to the gym and setting goals within that which I'll talk about kind of the damaging side of that in a minute but what I think as well is really important is that yeah the reflection of how far you've come yeah. so that which is another huge one and but I think so I'll kind of go into this I'm going to round and round. about no, so <laughs> but I think that when it comes so when it comes to business for example I like to set my goals really high like unachievable like oh yeah no we're going to you know do this that the other you know my general life goals places I want to go things I want to see I think I like to reach for the stars and I think you don't need to know the like I like to think of goal like goal setting as you're traveling across the country at night you you know your destination Mm -hmm. You only need to see the little bit of road that's lit up in front of you. You don't need to be able to see the whole journey. You don't have to have it all figured out. You have Google Maps for that. You know, things with as long as you are focused and like you said, fully immersed in what you're doing, opportunities will open up. All you have to do is be brave enough to take action when they do. And that will happen. Yeah. Um, in general, with life goals, I think with health and fitness goals, um, sometimes we need to just be really careful of what goals we're setting. And this is where coaches come in really handy um, because you could be like, I want to lose a stone by next month. I have a a wedding next month. I want to be a size 10 and you're currently a size 16, kind of. You know what I mean? So being realistic about the goals there. So having someone to to kind of be like, this is a realistic goal. And like the thing about health and fat loss and sustainable fat loss is it takes time. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of contributing (laughs) factors as well
0: it needs to be sustainable you need to do it in a way that you're going to keep it off otherwise you're just back at square one so that's huge but like that Tony Robbins quote what I wanted to say and I will probably say it wrong and ruin it but it always always stuck with me people always overestimate what they can do in a year but like extremely underestimate what they can do in five years yeah yeah it has to take you five years to reach your goal but my point is we give ourselves too short a time frame And then we feel failures when we don't reach it. It's like that
1: gratification. We want it now.
0: Yeah, Yeah, we want it now. Whereas put in the hard work, good things take time. Yes. And um, actually, I think I have a sign. Oh, look, to see, I have this. (laughs) (laughs) Great things take time. I know most most people are listening to this. They can't see it, but I have a little sign behind (laughs) me that says that. But it does. And we get impatient and this is where people give up yeah they get impatient or they uh, or they make it too hard and then they can't stick with it so they they quit Mm -hmm. instead of taking it step by step and really learning to enjoy the process because you're putting something in place that you want to be able to keep so it has to be doable it has to be enjoyable you don't want to be setting yourself up for a life of misery so um it doesn't mean you're not going to reach your goals but just be realistic give yourself the time frame but then stick with that goal like you said fully immerse yourself in it take it step by step it's okay to have off days that's totally fine but then you're always drawn back to it because deep within you it's what you want yeah that's it and if
1: if you want it enough you'll get there your google map thing was funny though as well because i was actually listening to a podcast yesterday and um he had a similar kind of analogy it was like uh for google maps you put in your destination and when you're driving there you could take absolutely every wrong turn that's possible and google maps doesn't turn around to you and say i forget it you're lost good luck it, it reroutes you and redirects you every time to bring you back to that okay. yeah <laughs> put you back on track and but yeah it's, it's so true and i think as well people try to do too much at once like when it comes to health and fitness and i'm guilty of it myself like i Years ago, I just decided one week. Okay, that's it. I'm going to the gym five times this week. This is my second pint of water that I've had today. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And then once one because you're trying to do too much at once, and they're not habits yet. Once one of them fails, you just give up on the rest, and then it's like a domino effect. You you can't do any of them. And I think people do that with goals as well. But to just kind of collect yourself and think, right, what's realistic for me right now? Like, what can I achieve, and just moving with that. And then when you hit that goal. Like that realistic goal. You can think to yourself, okay, well, what was the unrealistic goal I had? Because maybe that's realistic now that I've achieved this part. And yeah, but that's it's the process. We're all just learning, really. None of us know
0: what we're doing. Yeah. No. <laughs> exactly. We all make it up as we go along. I know. Um, but I do think yeah, having the big goals, like so yeah. there's no no reason, like just say like if we're talking in relation to um to health and fitness, there's no reason why you can't be really fit, really strong, yeah. and the body shape that you want to be. Any human being can be that. Mm -hmm. but you need to not put a time frame on the big goal yeah it's a journey everyone is different yeah exactly and it's and like like, you know life gets in the way but like that can be your goal if that is you know or the, the vibrant energy feeling really good in yourself all of that is is really achievable for everyone you just first of all have to believe you can do it but then you need to set smaller goals it needs to be broken down be like right what's my goal for this summer and instead of making your goal something physical, like, you know, I want to weigh this by the end of August or I want to measure this by the end of August, being like, by the end of August, I want to be walking every day for half an hour. Yeah.
1: I and want to get to the times without being out of
0: breath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just having having a goal. Yeah, having a goal of things that you just want to be that you want to have set in your life. I want to be exercising regularly and I want to have got my head around this whole my fitness pal thing and be tracking my calories yes and set that as a goal and then just keep coming to that because you've got your bigger goal that you're working towards but you've got the smaller goal with a deadline because when you reach that deadline you're like right okay what's the next step and yeah. you don't need to know next step until you reach there and your goals can change along the way as well yeah that's it like goals us, that- and see so that's all one of those things
1: about like New Year's resolutions. Like the goals you have in January might not be the same goals you have in July, because things just change. And I'd say if you sat down and had a look at my list of like business goals that I have, and it's a long one, <laughs> and you'd be sitting there going, like I've no idea how I'm gonna achieve half those things. I just know I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna get there eventually and I'll get to them. I'm focusing on these goals right now and then I'll get to those goals. Um but yeah, it's just it's just a process and we're all just we're all just doing our best at the end of the day and i think it's tough as well like when you see other people who might have similar goals especially when it comes to like health and fitness goals and they're achieving those goals and you might be finding it a little bit harder and you're like oh how come sally down the street was able to fit into that size 10 and i'm still here at this stage like everyone's journey is different and you have to kind of just be acceptant of that and like embrace that and i'm sure there's somebody looking at you then and thinking oh jesus look her she's doing great and i wish i could do that and Comparison, that's another conversation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the for joy. But yeah, no, it's so true. Just to um and again to tie it then back to the journaling. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, before we finish up, is that it's the self-reflection. Yeah. Never forget how far you've come. Like you're yeah. on your own individual journey. And the person Sally down the street might have you know, might have had years of already having a lot of these foundations in place that you're only building.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's, it's really important to always just celebrate how far you've come. And like, that's what I, a huge thing I do with my clients. I think
1: uh, that Like you're nearly afraid of like tooting your own horn and being like, I achieved this great thing this week. Like a, peop- a lot of people engage in like negative conversation. So like a bit of small talk and suddenly go down like a negative path of giving out about the weather and giving about, out about this, that and the other, like really inconsequential things. And it's just like a little, mom fest but like you don't often see people sitting there going do you know what i did today i managed to walk 5k for the first time in about two years couldn't believe it like we don't talk about our achievements it's nearly like we're uncomfortable in case people think we're full of ourselves or that we have this sense of superiority or something but i think if we all celebrated our own wins and each other's wins like surely we'd all be a lot
0: more happier <laughs> exactly and we need to normalize that and i think yeah, yeah. um it's a real Irish thing as well that we like to, to, to talk ourselves down. We like, you know, it, it, it is like, you know, everything is real self deprecating in, in Irish culture. Like right. I think it's getting a little bit better, but you know, compared to what it was like, you know, when I was growing up, but like still, um, it's definitely something we need to work on. And, um, if it's not, if you don't have friends around you that you can talk about these things or you're not part of a community like the Nourish, Move and Shine community, if you're not part of a community of amazing women that lift each other up, that um, starting in your journal and just, and it doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm fantastic, but just been like, do you know what? I walked 5K today, last yeah, month. I'm really I'm proud of myself. I'm really proud of myself. Yeah. I, I went out for dinner, I had dessert, I felt full and I stopped because I'd, I thought, no I'm listening to my body and I feel full I'm really proud of myself that I was able to do that like that's a huge win as well and um that's a huge thing that we celebrate in the Nourish, Move and Shine program is very much um, like, you know, with with your weekly check ins, they get that self-reflection and, you know, then they're, they're telling me. So then I'm talking to them about it and they're getting a chance to talk to someone about it. But they also have the WhatsApp group that um, and it's funny. Sometimes I will get women who will text me privately and be like, oh, I just wanted to share this with you, but I didn't want to put it in the group because I didn't want to seem like I was bragging. Yeah, and I was like you're not trying to motivate others and I'll encourage them I'd be like you don't have to if you don't want to but please do put that in the group because yeah. that will pick someone else up and it does so I think we're getting better at it but we have a long way to go I'd say
1: yeah definitely but it's like you're creating that safe space for them like you're telling them no it's okay to do that it's okay to celebrate yourself It's okay to celebrate your wins and then suddenly that person has a bit more confidence to say oh, okay yeah great then I did this today and it's just as far as us as people just allowing each other that space to fucking
0: be happy like
1: this is great I'm happy yeah. you're happy tell me more <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. and then it, that's again focusing on the positive and it's not toxic positivity we're just being no. positive and yeah. we're trying to <laughs> And get that good energy out there because it will attract more of it if we do so yep. anyway before we finish up do you want to just tell people where they could connect with you and maybe just a little bit about your coaching if because I'm sure there's people listening to me like oh my god life coaching I'm really interested that people probably don't even know it's a thing or that you know that there are Irish people doing it you know they think of life coaches as, that they'd have to connect with someone from a different country yeah, um, <laughs> um, if, if you want to share a little bit about kind of what you do with clients and where they can contact you if they're interested maybe in in doing some Coaching with
1: yeah you. great um well you can find me on pretty much every social media platform at kelly's coaching and that's coaching with a k bit of alliteration there and um yeah i suppose a big part of what i do like i kind of focus on like building your self-confidence um developing a growth mindset your daily habits goal setting that kind of thing just and then of course relationships and stuff and both mo- kind of if I can speak <laughs> your relationship with I'm here yabbing on all day talking my people's celebrating their wins I can't even talk about my own program <laughs> so yeah um, the kind of the core of everything that I do is kind of your relationship with yourself because I feel like that's what sets the foundation for everything else in your life and it's kind of what you build upon then to achieve everything. There's fireworks going on outside and I have no idea why. I um, don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's kind of like the core of what I do. And I'm a big believer in how like your relationship with yourself and self-love can kind of really bring you anywhere in life, any goal that you need to achieve, whether that's confidence or career or anything, this is where you start. Um, so my Becoming program, as I said, is to get you, is to help you to get steps closer to becoming the better version of yourself not exactly the best but we we all make progress and it's a 12 week program and the idea is that I give my clients the tools that they need to continue on their self-development journey without me like I don't want them to have to come to me for six months or a year like I want to give them the tools that they need that they can do this on their own the way I did and kind of just point them in that direction Then sure if they need to come back to me they need to come back to me <laughs> but uh yeah that's kind of my program which is very exciting and I am big promoter of because it's made me very happy <laughs> um but yeah so that's the becoming program and yeah anybody ever has any questions or needs some tips or advice contact me on at Kelly's Coaching
0: amazing. Yeah, I'll put I'll put them in the show notes anyway so that they'll be able to to mm-hmm. find you there. And um okay last question before we finish up. Mm-hmm. what does the word health health mean to you?
1: Oh, okay. Um well, I suppose everyone always says health is your wealth, <laughs> which is like the, more clichés being brought in. Um it's so true though. <laughs> no, it really is. Like I think everybody kind of overcomplicates it sometimes. Or people when they think of health they're very focused on like the physical. So like Um, your physical health, your nutrition, your fitness and all that, which is all really, really important and essential to life. But I think people forget then about the health when it comes to their mental well-being or their emotions or their relationships and kind of how that all falls into that category. So I think maybe it'd be nice if people had more reminders of that's more like your holistic health, kind of like what you do, Kate, like you're more of a holistic approach. Um, to your coaching which is brilliant and I think if we applied more more of that people would hopefully be a lot happier
0: (laughs) yeah amazing and so true I think we're gonna have to do a part two down the line Kelly because we didn't even get to talk about attachment styles and relationships and I don't know anything about this so can you come on again and talk and we can talk more about relationships because I think that's an area people would be interested in
1: yeah I can talk all day for for that kind of stuff so yeah no problem I'd be happy to come back Kate I really enjoyed
0: it loads of stupid questions to ask you about that <laughs> <So> <laughs> we'll argue, uh, down the line. Kelly thanks so much for coming on today no worries at all thanks so much for having me thank you so much for listening and I really hope that you enjoyed the episode and you got as much out of it as I did So before I finish up, I just want to say a few quick words on my eight-week Nourish, Move and Shine program. So the Nourish, Move and Shine program is group coaching specifically designed for busy ladies. So busy mums, busy professionals, a mix of both. Um, With individual check-ins each week, it has all the perks of the one-to-one coaching with the support and atmosphere and community of the group coaching. So it really is win-win. So I'm a busy working mum of three myself So I know the challenges that you face. I know how difficult it can be to make time for yourself. Sometimes it can feel impossible. So um, I do get it. Um, It is suitable for anyone who wants to make healthy changes to their lives. So anyone from beginners to people looking for a reset and a refocus. It's not a restrictive diet. You won't get a meal plan. I don't believe in meal plans. And it's about making small changes gradually to build the foundations for lasting change. So what's included? Personalized calories and hand portions, food lists, step goals, at home or gym-based workouts, whichever you prefer. You'll have four work workout programs to choose from. Mindset work, which is a huge important part of the program, which I think sets it apart from a lot of programs out there. And you will have app access. You'll be in a WhatsApp group for support, which is always a fantastic resource and um great community one-to-one support through email and whatsapp so you'll have access to me one-to-one on whatsapp and um and email as well fun challenges throughout the eight weeks measurements and progress checks every four weeks we don't take our weight or measurements or photos every week we do it every four weeks because who has time to be doing it every week and i don't think that it's particularly beneficial to be doing it every single week but you will have your weekly check-in form to fill out and you will hear back from me individually every week so there is no Hiding from me, uh, there's no hiding in this program. But you will always be met, met with kindness, understanding, and never judgment. I don't take that drill sergeant approach, but I'm very much kind of solution orientated and will help guide you for the week ahead to overcome whatever obstacles you're facing to reach your goals. So, if you're interested, contact me on any of my social media: um, Instagram, TikTok. Facebook, Kate Hamilton Health. There's a link in the bio of each of those pages as well where you can actually sign up. And um, you can also do so on my website, which is katehamiltonhealth.com. So it runs every eight weeks throughout the year. So then as I'm recording this, we are going into the current one on the 10th of July. But there will also be a program starting early September. And again, in late October, so there will be there'll be two more programs after. the So there'll be July, September and end of October will be the last for this year. And we will have more in the new year then again also. So I will chat to you all again soon.